you're a youth pastor, man. You oh, know, like, yeah. and it is your job as the leader of like a fellowship of 200 plus kids yeah. to get over yourself and. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the first episode of the Road to Reconstruction podcast. Today, we sit down with my good friend, Josh Young, and we get to hear about how he walked away from the church and his beliefs on God to this day. These are some of my favorite episodes to do because I feel like we get an inside scoop on somebody that have left the church and try to understand their thought process from it. And if you're a Christian today, I really encourage you not to get defensive or try to just think to yourself on how he's wrong or something like that. But I really just want you to hear his perspective of things. And one of the most important things I think we could do as Christians as well is when we hear how other Christians have been hurt in the church, we get to now look at ourselves and say, hey, what could I do better? How can I love people better? How could I bring them closer to Christ? Even though we have good intentions, sometimes when we try to love people, it doesn't always come across well. The way things are perceived means everything, no matter what your intentions are. I always think of the phrase, you're too heavenly minded to be any worldly good. And throughout this podcast, Josh and I talk about his experience with a youth leader growing up, other people he went to church with, and his family life. Also, before we begin, I just want to say that this podcast is sponsored by the podcast Monkeys with a Microphone. Now, they do not pay me at all, so I am going to advertise them until they do pay me. Honestly, though, they are amazing guys, some of my closest friends, and they are so entertaining to listen to. So go check out the podcast, Monkeys with a Microphone. Don't forget to go check out the first podcast where I kind of explain the motivation and the heart behind these podcasts so you can get a better understanding behind it all. Today, my guest is an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs test, a seven-wing eight on the Enneagram test. He has a large vocabulary and an even larger way of living life. I introduce to you, everybody, my good friend, Josh Young. Enjoy the beginning of this as we talk about how we first met. I, I do think it was super cool how we met because it was just Absolutely. super Absolutely. divine. Like, 100%. It was one of those things, like, as someone that's, like, producing in music, like, it... <sighs> It's like one of those things that just like never happens the way like you have it in mind of how you want it to happen, but it never does where it's mm -hmm. like you go to a random show, you meet some really cool guys, they make incredible music, they are interested in working with you and like you work with them and everything is like flawless. Like that, right. there's like a one in a million type thing. So like you guys are like, <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever happen again with me. So I'm, I'm thankful that it happened with, Man. yeah. Well, no, that's, that's incredibly kind. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it was the same for us. It was such a, it was such a weird divine thing, if you will, to be there in the first place and then to have everything that night that did happen. Cause, yeah. and we recanted this. So we, as I mentioned to you, we did our first ever podcast uh, two days ago, which was mm -hmm. a blast. I've always wanted to do a podcast. We were recanting the the origin story there, and oh, nice. we were yeah. It was it all started with a laptop, and we spent, we spent a lot of time in that podcast trashing Newegg. Uh, that was a, a refrain because I was just like, "Screw you, Newegg." Um, 
I hate you, but it was also the reason why all of this happened because I saved up enough money to get a new laptop. I was really excited for it. Oh, I was like, yes, I'll be able to right. be able to uh, record all the music I want to, play my little video games, and uh, use it for work and all that. I'm at my friend's house, going on Newegg, find the laptop that I want, go to order it. It will not process. Like, no problem. I'll try it again. Oh, wait, really quick. Newegg is like a website. Yeah, yeah, to order, um, like, laptops and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were referring to, like, a band or even possibly the um, inflation of eggs right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into the inflation of eggs (laughs) later on in the podcast if if we're lucky. But, um, no, 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 this is is a website. Excuse me. Cannot, for the life of me, order this laptop. I have practice with Chase a little bit later. The uh, second half of the Camino Kid Hive Mind, as well as our, well, I mean, there's there's four quarters, I suppose. Uh, Chase and I do a brunt of the songwriting, but then our bassist James Popic and our drummer Draven Whitaker are some of the most incredible musicians and guys that we've had the pleasure of, of meeting and uh, having a band with. Uh, they're the best, but uh, at this time, it was just Chase and I. I go over there and we're supposed to practice. I cannot get this laptop out of my mind. I cannot. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Chase. I know we need to be working on music. Can we please just go to Best Buy and get this laptop so I can get it out of my mind? And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. Absolutely. Because of course, he's Chase. The sweetest the nicest, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's catching I'm up like- with me. No, so anyways, we were at his house. We go to Best Buy looking for laptops. I see an employee, and I uh, I go, excuse me, sir. Is he handsome? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like like a young Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 talking we're talking Tom Cruise and risky business. Like, Ooh, Ooh! dang man, boy. this man was, is, and will be fine. You know, just by your uh, quick description, that kind of sounds like a guy named Daniel Hassel. Oh, my goodness, you know him. Yeah, Oh, my goodness, young Dan. Yeah, it was Dan Hassel. (laughs) Wow, no way. And Chase and I both had a weird connection because Chase used to work at that Best Buy, and I don't think he worked with Dan, but they knew who each other was. And I'd known Dan from high school times. He was somebody that would be in certain friend groups um, I was a homeschool Christian kid, which we will get into in depth, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. Um, Dan was also homeschooled, and so I knew him from that kind of circle. And it was just like, Dan? You know, it had been like probably four or five years. And saw him, and we just start chit-chatting and all that. He got me a great discount on that laptop, by the way. Shout out to you, Dan, many times. Hey, let's go. Uh, let's go. And started talking about music. We mentioned, hey, you know, we just started a band and one thing led to another and he's like, hey, uh, you guys want to play a show? It's This is a Tuesday, by the way. Um, and we're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, we don't have anything other than just us, two guitars. Yeah, absolutely. We when, don't when, even have a band name. Not a, not even a band name. <laughs> Great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, sure enough, uh, we're like, okay, so when is this, uh, when's this show? It's a Tuesday. And he goes, uh, Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. We'll show up. Yeah, we just kind of got up there. I was playing bass and singing. Chase was playing guitar and singing. And we had nothing else. And I remember asking the audience, um, we, don't have a, we don't have a drummer right now, so if you can just pretend like there's drums. 
That'd be really great. Dude, yes, and, uh, I 100% remember that. Yeah, we, we opened it up and felt weirdly good about our set for being, you know, so so lacking in, in instruments. And, uh, I mean, from there, you guys played. You were in a, a band at the time, Cherry Blossom Club, and yep. you guys played uh, after us killed it, and we ended up chit-chatting after that. I mean, I feel like I want to segue over to you, like then, yeah, you know, from your perspective, we cut yeah. over. Yeah, well, you know, it's so like my perspective of it is like, I just remember getting off stage and like, again, it was one of those things of like, oh gosh, I want them to like, I want to talk to these guys so bad, but I don't want to like freak them out in any ways. And you guys literally came up to me right after we got done and you were like, dude, phenomenal job. Oh my gosh. That was the best thing I've ever seen. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And like, I just remember we like kind of talked after and I like was like, you know what? I'm just going to like bring up recording. And I was like, Hey man, I have like a studio. If you guys ever want to come hang out sometime, that'd be cool. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, that'd be really cool. And yeah. You just want to record me. But like, oh, we were like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it really worked out. Shall oh yeah. We say? It really worked out. Absolutely. Um, man. And, uh, man, the rest is history. Dude, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I remember you guys being over and like just me trying to like kind of get to know you guys. And I remember, um, I forget how we found out that like you're passing like church. I think you brought up like, Oh yeah, I went to Oak point or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I I feel like I mentioned that I was homeschooled in 80% of the conversations I have with new people anyway. So, (laughs) uh, I'm sure I said something about being Christian homeschooled and yeah, you asked about that and Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oak point was the, uh, was the, the high school uh, social environment that I had at my disposal, yeah. Would you say non-denominational? Like, I was raised Baptist and then non-denominational, which, as I've said to you, I call secret Baptist, which I think is <laughs> a hilarious joke for people who, who know what that means. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, yeah, we're Baptist, but we have bounty houses on <laughs> Wednesdays. We give away PS5s That's during right. our purity events. Yeah, we've got, we have a Tetris arcade machine in the youth center dude no my <laughs> church they used to have freaking rock band you had rock band oh oh the, i'm jealous yep it yeah. was amazing so tell me kind of your story about growing up in church yeah. and what that was like from like start to end type yeah. thing um born in livonia Moved to Farmington Hills when I was five, when my youngest sister was born. Um, we, my, my earliest church memories are of my dad being the worship pastor. He was the worship pastor at the churches that I grew up in up until high school, when we started going to, to Oak Point. Mm. Um, before then, I was always, I don't know, heavily involved. Like, I was always, as you <clears throat> are probably not surprised, uh, a bit of an extrovert and, you know, yes. an, an entertainer of sorts. And so <laughs> I was always jumping around, wanting to be a part of stuff. You know, I, I always wanted to be up there playing the music or anytime they did, you know, those little sketches that they do with mm-hmm. the kids and stuff like that. I would always, like, want to be a part of that. And, yeah, we, you know, over the years kind of moved to different churches depending on this or that. And... I was always, I don't know, I was always like a pretty strong believer. And mm. I think that the incubated lifestyle of a homeschool Christian kid will support a, well, it's easy to not hear anything else, right? And mm. my journey takes its twists and turns a little bit later on. Like, 
I want to say that kind of stuff starts in middle school and definitely high school. And high school is where a lot of stuff changed for me. But I credit to this day just YouTube and like the internet for being mm-hmm. the reason why I feel like I share the opinions that that I do today because it was the first time that somebody like me could really hear these opposing kind of thoughts and opinions like that. Like you, I, I wasn't going to get that at school because yeah. that was home and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to get him at church because that was church. And outside of like the little league baseball that I played growing up, um, that was kind of my world. And I think slowly but surely questions would be poked I think about this a lot, the idea that there was this anger that I would feel when I would go on a YouTube channel and I'd be reading about, like, evolution, which I didn't believe in at the time, right? Mm. And I would feel this need to debate, like, the 12-year-old Josh knew anything about the world and science. You know, you want to feel smart. You want to do your thing. (laughs) And so... You, uh, you're like, well, you know, I was citing these like science books that you were given that are written by Christian authors and all that. And I remember how, yeah, this weird anger that you are instilled with. And I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on that when, when you're younger and you're trying to fight for things that you realize later on, you don't actually have a foundational understanding of, mm. you've just heard these talking points so much that you, you believe that to be the case. And when somebody challenges why you believe that, there's this indignancy, there's this, um, there's something that twists inside you that's like, well, I guess technically I don't actually know. And mm. I didn't do the work myself. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to admit that because I'm so deep into believing this that yeah. it just kind of, yeah, it creates this unrest. And I, I, I remember feeling that a lot when I would first, like, you know, debate people about why dinosaurs were left off the ark and that's why they don't exist anymore, <laughs> which was definitely in a genuine science book that I had. Um, and uh, it was my dad, believe it or not, yeah. who started reading from this author, Rob Bell, um, who you might be familiar with. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yep. He, yeah. He, his first, like, big book was called Everything is Spiritual. He had this long video presentation he did that it was like a yeah like an hour-long presentation um that we watched and then there was like this whole a book that was the first time that it questioned everything that i had believed in while not throwing out everything i had believed in and mm-hmm. that was what was interesting to me i remember i still remember little bits and pieces from that that uh stick with me he talked about faith in <clears throat> the faith that I was brought up with, that characterized as a brick wall. And when you start to take bricks out, the structure loses its integrity and just kind of falls apart. And every little bit is just as important as the other bit. And they all they all work together to be one thing. And you take any single one of those out and the structure of all of it just starts to kind of chip away. And so mm-hmm. there's this need to... Um, Make sure that you have your bricks in as as tightly, compactly, and and concisely as possible. I I feel like I'm not doing the best way of describing it, but hopefully it'll make more sense when I bring up the second idea, which is the idea of faith being like a trampoline. And the springs Mm. of a trampoline, you can lose one and it still has a lot of... It still it still bounces, you know. You lose one, mm-hmm. and, and those can be replaced and interchanged, and kind of one by one, they can be swapped out. When I think about it now, it's kind of a weird analogy, and maybe it was better in the book. Yeah, but yeah. I I was really interested in the idea of 
maybe I can have my faith and I can hold different opinions than everybody in my church, mm. you know? Cause mm-hmm. I think that that is a, a huge thing with, um, non-denominational mega oh, yeah. churches and that kind of stuff is like, you know, you, all of the answers are there. You just have mm-hmm. to go to, you just have to go to the services and you got to go to their, um, extracurricular classes and all that, but you'll find all the answers. We've already figured out all the answers. You just got to learn them. Yeah. And so that idea of, maybe these people don't have the answer to something was revolutionary for me. That, hmm. that, that whole idea was not something that I think we are raised to believe. And I know that from the, you know, small groups, anybody that didn't go to church, like for youth group, you know, you play games, you play dodgeball or something. And then everybody comes in, you do the worship, you do pastor gives his, his sermon and then you do another couple songs, then you're out and then you do small groups. Mm-hmm. So you get together with, they try to pair you up with your friends, and I was lucky enough to have friends as a homeschool kid. <laughs> Shout out. One of which was James Popic, oh, um, nice. bassist yeah. of Camino Kid. And yeah. I remember when I started to read these books, there was a couple more. There's this um, philosopher, Peter Rollins, who I really liked. And um, general books just questioning these kind of structures. Whenever I would bring anything up, like maybe big things like maybe heaven and hell aren't what we have been billed to understand them as, you know, maybe because, because there are etymological basises for um, understanding the word eternity. When he says eternal life, the original Hebrew word, I believe that's Hebrew. It could be Greek. I'm pretty sure it's Hebrew. Actually commonly translates into this idea of, not time forever, but eternal life as a vitality to life. Talking about a a, a sort of, um, I guess, self regenerating energy, almost. You know that kind of idea of of, of just a, a purity and blissfulness. You could call it um, enlightenment. You could call it, you know, mm-hmm. Shangri La. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess it's more of a physical place. But anyways. Um, Little questions like that. And whenever you bring those up in that kind of environment, you are going to get um, verbally slapped in the face. You know, Mm, you're going to you're going to get slowly ostracized. And that was that was my experience. I mean, we've also talked about my issues with the youth pastor at the church I was raised with Um, in high school. I just I found him to be somebody that uh, I don't mind putting on blast to check. Uh, I, I actually don't. And I really hope you keep this in. Um, and I won't say that that's a man with, you know, an evil intentions or anything like that, but Mm. I think he was a really damaging leader to a lot of young impressionable youth. Mm. I think that he cultivated an environment that played favorites, Mm, did not use opportunities to actually, uh, lead or guide in in times that he could have with with me personally you know and i know that he he spent his time talking to the popular kids and it made it feel like he was cultivating a a public school kind of vibe those clicks like it was a very clicky youth group you Mm -hmm. know and and you know every large group of people is going to develop their clicks sure yeah but he would spend special time with the kids that were the 
football players at Novi and stuff like that. Mm. And I, who was on the worship team there for, I mean, my entire tenure, you know, like uh, a few months after I got there, I started playing bass in the, uh, for the middle school group and then ended up doing high school and middle school. I was there. I was usually playing bass two, and if I was on the weekend, four times a week for probably four years. Mm. And the youth pastor for that program got lunch with me exactly one time when I was wrapping up my senior year of high school and his point of having that lunch was challenging why I was leaving. Mm, yeah. You see what of I'm course, saying? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> yeah. oh man. And I felt, yeah, I felt really like pressured in that time. And um, I, I remember a time where all of a sudden I was just off of the schedule for playing bass and I didn't mm. understand it. And years later when we had that lunch, he went, oh, you know why I took you off that, that one time? I was like, you know, no. And he's like, well, because you were saying something about how um, you would, if, you know, if this guy doesn't want to play, you would just play every single week. And that was glorifying yourself and not glorifying God. And um, and he just took me off. And so this man <laughs> had the opportunity to pull me aside, have a conversation with me, you know, mm -hmm. anything that I was doing, even if it wasn't it, because you know, I'm, I'm a high school kid. Sure, I was, I was, yeah. a, I was a bit of a dumbass. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. I was a little troublemaker. I was yeah. annoying, I'm sure, but uh -huh. um, that man, Jack, <laughs> again, uh, did nothing in order to uh, develop me as a human being. Um, mm. All credit to. The worship leader Tim Kaiser, who shout out uh, to Tim, shout Tim, out to if Tim. Tim's Kaiser. watching this. I hope he does. I really watch hope. It. I really hope you're watching this, Tim. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Please watch this. Tim is and amazing. Tim I, is incredible. Yeah, I know who. I don't know who your who the your youth pastor was, but I know Jack. who. <laughs> but I do. I do know who uh, Tim Kaiser is, and incredible dude. Could not him. could not have more great things to say about that man. Uh, he was a true mentor to me in in high school, and uh, helped me. You know, I, I and and Tim, you know that I was annoying sometimes, and I appreciate that. Uh, there's times where he had to check me, and uh, you know, just just help me. But you are always there to listen and. Uh, and to, to share your experiences. And that's a, that's a yeah. dude that's had some experiences and has a real humility and grace and is Absolutely. just hilarious. That's where, um, I mean, you you know that I go by Jersh sometimes. Jersh, Jersh Young. I don't yeah. know if you knew that that's because of Tim Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you do? Okay, he, yeah. When I uh, saw him a couple months back, I brought that up. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course it's Josh Young. Jersh. Jersh, like, yeah. yeah that's, nice. that's He's the inception of Jersh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I called him Term. Yeah. And the whole Ermagerd kind of thing. Um, you, classic. You, you know, really quick, um, The what I want to point out is, like, first of all, man, that, like, like I, I remember you telling me that story before, and, like, my heart just broke of, like, <laughs> dang, bro, like, why did this youth pastor just have to suck? Like, you Wish know. I could tell you. And, like, I just, you know, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, it's so, I can't, like, explain how vital it is for like a youth pastor job. And like, I know there's probably a lot of people that think like, Oh, it's just another job. You know, God called me or whatever. And like, you know, I'm doing this now making money and you know, whatever it is, but like, dude, shout out to my youth pastor growing up. His name is Josh Eisenhart. Shout that man Josh. literally like shaped like the man who I was today. And he, I only had him from like, seventh grade to ninth grade or something like that and like the impact that man has made on my faith is like 
enormous, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't tell you how much he's done for my life and for my walk in Christ. And but again, that's like it shows how vital it truly is in those moments. And when there's somebody that's not truly walking the walk, like your youth pastor, it sounds like wasn't like. It's just humble opinion and experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a huge bummer. Cause even like, I mean, even the first things that you said of like, he played favoritism, like it even says in the Bible not to play favoritism. And like when you said he, he took you off the schedule because like, and you know, whatever it's maybe it wasn't like, maybe your heart wasn't in the best place, but his, his approach to it is the thing that matters because it's like, dude, first of all, you're talking to this this kid like he's like an enemy and he knows he's fully accountable for everything that he's doing like you're talking to him like just in a very negative and like toxic way and like not out of love at all he's almost like like shaming you and like being like oh this is your consequence now you don't get to do what you like because you believe this and it's like oh yeah dude that's that's gonna do a lot that's gonna do a lot yeah Yeah. great job there you know so that is super sad yeah and that's that's really the thing I, I appreciate all of that thank thank you yeah, yeah and it's you know it's 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 all good you know it's something mm-hmm. i can i can absolutely laugh about now and uh believe you me i've had much more traumatic experiences since then so we're, we're fine <laughs> For sure, um, yeah. <laughs> no but uh that's one of those things where and i like let's give him all the benefit of the doubt in the world let's mm-hmm. say that i was a huge pain in high school let, oh, let, yeah. let's say i was like 100%. a demon boy yeah. i was always annoying just mm-hmm. me 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 you're a youth pastor, man, you oh, know, like, yeah. and, and I know I wasn't that bad. I'm sure, you know, he was, you know, we, we just rubbed off on each other wrong and he didn't like me. There's people that I, you just meet them and you meet them in a the wrong way and you don't like them. Sure. Yeah. It is your job as the leader of like a fellowship of 200 plus kids yeah. to get over yourself and to, go, to, to challenge the person you are if you feel challenged by that interaction. If you feel somebody that is... If, if you got a snot-nosed kid, mm-hmm. it is your job to say, how can I do my best to help that person? Oh, yeah. 100%. I can't name you one time that he he thought of me and came up to me and like tried to help me. It's not like he was like coming up and being like, oh, can I help you with this? And I was like, no, I'm going to play video <laughs> games. Oh, Battlefront like, 2. <laughs> heck off, Jack. Like, no, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I was I was I was a dumb high schooler, but yeah. I I truly believed in God in in the way mm-hmm. that that church did at the time and um was doing my best to like I wanted to be a leader. I I wanted to be somebody that was yeah, but somebody that's appreciated, you know, yeah. and I absolutely, I mean, I'm a musician now. There's obviously a, there's, there's an egotist inside me. There's something mm-hmm. that wants to be seen, wants to be noticed. And, yeah. and, um, no matter the, I don't know, I, I just, I just want to harp on no matter the intention and I, I don't want to absolve myself. I don't want to mm-hmm. like say I was this perfect kid and he was oh, this yeah. mean person. 100%. Um, I was, I was not a perfect kid, but I really did try yeah. and I could not name a time where I, I felt like he was truly trying with me. And um, yeah. so I, I think that this mix of leadership I did not care for, to put it kindly, yeah. and me finding this resonance with these new ideas and then seeing those get challenged, you know, see, mm-hmm. seeing all of the pushback and, and starting to be a little not fully ostracized by my friends, but, but questioned mm. and 
start to feel like, you know, we started having different conversations. I remember having yeah. a conversation with one of my friends about how I didn't see homosexuality as wrong. And mm -hmm. well in the Bible, this, well in the Bible, that, mm -hmm. and that, that phrase, the well in the Bible yeah. is one of the worst sort of <laughs> arguments I think you can have for something because well in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. Well, if, if we just took that, this might be a bit of a shoddy analogy, but, but hear me out. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus wept, you can say, without any other context, if you take every other word before and after it yeah. and you see Jesus wept, then mm -hmm. I can say, well, Jesus wept because he was happy. Well, Jesus wept because he was sad. Well, mm -hmm. Jesus wept because he had allergies. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and you take that onto <laughs> yeah. like a macro scale with these things. And, you know, obviously that line is about something specific, but yeah. you, you take any of those ideas on a macro scale and realize mm -hmm. that so many things could be interpreted in different ways. The story of Adam and Eve mm -hmm. could be interpreted as a poem about creation, not a literal, this is what happened, this dude was named Adam. Yeah. And you realize that when when you go back to it, mm -hmm. there are arguments for these opposing opinions. There are questions, and for me, that's where it all started to unravel. And I started going, oh, okay, well, you know, again, maybe things aren't the way that I was always told that they were, and maybe I can still believe in something while having these things challenged and changed. Yeah. You know, that was, that's what got me kind of down this road because I don't think you can go from fully believing in something to on a dime, you know, that, that doesn't mm -hmm. happen in a day. And that's why a lot of conversations aren't, aren't fruitless, but your energy can be fruitless depending on how you channel it when you're trying to uh, have that conversation. A hundred percent. The thing that's so interesting to me now, I, uh, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast the other day and it was like this guy, funny enough, you say that was debating on uh, gay marriage and why he thought that it was wrong or whatever. And like, whether if he said anything that like I agreed with or like disagreed with, like the way he went about it was like horrible. <laughs> and like, debated it in such a way that it was like it drove me crazy and mm. but it made me realize of like it's not about saying like oh well like this says that so like it's right like i don't think it's about where your source comes from but i think it's about why you believe it so mm. would you say that it's so much different because i know we've had these conversations before yeah. where you would even ask me like, Hey, why? Like, I don't get it. The Bible says this and that doesn't make sense. Why would you believe it? And I literally just say, this doesn't even really make sense to me either. And like, there's times where I don't even want to follow it or like mm. believe it, but this is why I do believe it. And coming from that standpoint, I think the spirit at times like leads me in humility in those times to say like, this isn't a game of like, who's right and who's wrong. It's just saying like, well, this is what I believe. And mm -hmm. like, maybe in that moment, something will connect with you as well and start to shape your view a little bit. And you'll say, oh, you know what, that that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And because like, I don't think anybody's going to take well to like this whole like, aha, gotcha type thing, or like, I have to be right on this. I have to have the last word. No, I, th I think that's, that's fantastic. I agree. Because you can, you can build walls or you can build bridges with your words. That is, that, those are the Amen, two things. Amen, brother. Yep. And yeah, and that is so much of having those conversations with people. Often you are, you are trying to help, but you are really, if you realize it, if you look at what you're saying, you're building walls. You're mm -hmm. saying, this has to be this. This has to be that. That yeah. is absolutely what I, 
appreciate and will forever appreciate about who you are as an individual and uh, and your faith is that Thanks, you are always trying to build bridges. And mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have talked about depraved things with you <laughs> and felt so comfortable doing so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I feel with you, and you absolutely have have shaped the way I've I've seen things through our conversations. I don't know how much like I've mm-hmm. I've shared that, but hearing your perspective and the way that you are just trying to reach people with positivity mm-hmm. is something that I, I'm certainly trying to do. And, you know, again, nobody's perfect, but, um, I, I can only hope that, and I'd like to think that the way I currently see my faith now is being as full of bridges as possible, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I think that's, that's kind of the thing that I have become most focused on with how I see things and, you know, what ways open up the most bridges? And every every time that something I I could I could think directly might build a wall, I tend to think that that's not r- the right answer. And mm-hmm. I I think that's actually a a pretty big part of the way I have um, cultivated, curated my my mindset and my belief structure is if I'm if I'm building a wall here, if I'm gatekeeping, if I'm making somebody have to do something in order to connect with me, mm-hmm. then we've got a problem here because yeah. it, it, because you just create your own feedback loops and you create your own realities. And yeah. that's a whole other trippy conversation we can have about what, you know, yeah. what, what is that reality, you know, because we, yeah, we are absolutely. always living in different ones. But um, whatever I can do to immediately connect with people the most and mm-hmm. make them feel heard and understood and yeah. not ostracized. Oh, yeah, um, Absolutely. That's uh, that's uh, that's my bread and butter, if you will. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, I love that so much, and I'm I'm so thankful for your heart, man. Like oh. you've you've done <laughs> it's an a very Christian thing to say. <laughs> I'm so thankful for your heart, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, yeah, and it's yeah. likewise. Absolutely. I mean, like uh, Tony and I, we love you to death, man. We See, love man, having you around, best. and you're like, and I hope that you know any Christians today that might be listening to this, like, I hope that they can understand that there there is so much more joy when you kind of like put down like, you know, these, these walls type things, because Mm -hmm. I I think that there's a lot of people and I know a lot of people out there, I'm not going to name them off right now, but uh, I feel like, like as Christians nowadays, we've fallen into this trap of like, this is the truth. I believe it in the way that I glorify God is going to people and just like absolutely shoving it down their throat. And I've been guilty of that before. And I know how it doesn't play out well, you know, and I think people think that that's like what glorifies God the most. And we're kind of doing the opposite. I think we're doing more harm than anything. But I think the whole point is just like my heart behind like doing these podcasts and stuff is I wanted to take a quick break really quick to talk about our Patreon. So for just $5 a month, that is a cup of coffee a day. You not only get the extended versions of every podcast, but you get to see the podcast before they even come out. So the extended podcasts, all these podcasts run a lot longer than they usually do. So you get to see the extended cut that are unedited and to see all the extra stuff that we talk about. Not only does this help my ministry out financially, but you get to see all the behind the scenes, all the extended cuts, 
and you get to watch the videos early before they even come out. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes, please give it a five-star review and leave us a comment because that always pushes our podcast up further and further in the charts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel for these podcasts, our live video. So if you are listening to them, just know that you could also watch the podcast as well. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Back to the podcast. Tony and I did this a course called Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and one of the first day of the devotions was talking about how, like, Jesus sat and ate with, like, the sinners and the tax collectors and the Pharisees and all of that. Yeah. And, like, in point of saying that is, like, oftentimes, like, we have conversations with people that are just like this one-sided monologue. That's the last thing that I ever want to do. Like it, and it's pretty much telling us like, be open-minded, be like open to like talking to people about stuff you don't believe in. And like, obviously at the end of the day, you're always going to believe in Christ and the Bible, but like be open-minded to like other things that aren't always like so set in stone. Mm. So like, I don't know, that's just my heart of like trying to do this as well. And the last thing I want to say really quick before we move on to other things is like, you know, you're talking about your youth pastor and how he, you feel like he, you know, really affected you negatively. And I don't know if he'll ever listen to this podcast, but, um, check (laughs) whether, whether if it's him or just other Christians that have might've been in the same boat, that's like, cause again, I'm, I'm in the same boat where it's like, I've done things that have pointed people away from Jesus, even like to the point of hating him. And it's like, those are the hardest times to take accountability for yourself and be like, man, I really missed the mark. And like, this is just kind of a part of the journey and part of grace and like repenting of that and be like, God change my heart, help me to love others better. That isn't the way that I just, that I thought I was just loving them just now. Cause obviously that didn't work or help mm, type mm. thing. So like that, that is my encouragement for anybody that's listening today. That's like, it might be in that same boat as like, Hey man, like we get it. You messed up. I've messed up too. Like, man, see, I just challenge you to repent right now and to like, try to see things from a different perspective and like not to be like, well, that person's not a Christian anymore. So they're the problem or, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. like, no, 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 exactly what you're doing right now is the reason why this person doesn't want to go to church anymore. You know, whatever it is. So, yeah. man, Yeah. First of all, absolutely. Every episode should be Alec wants you to repent from blank. Um, I love that. I love it. No, it, it might or might be the topic of some of these, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, but, um, but, but two things from there, one, you just perfectly encapsulated and highlighted what I think is so great about you and your faith, the way that you like in that moment, it is so easy. And I've certainly fallen into that idea of like, this person screwed me over, mm-hmm. done with them, screw them. Yeah. And, and it takes so much, I think, grace and love for you to immediately just go, well, with this person, let's, you know, let, let's hope that they can change. Cause there's a part yeah. of me that wants to remain indignant. There's this part of me when you say that, that's like, no, I just want to hate this guy. Like yeah, tr- yeah. truthfully, yep. you know? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I didn't have these good interactions and I spent all this time thinking, oh, he's not going to change. Just, you know, mm-hmm. okay, this bad guy. But that is part of the love that, I know Jesus talks about is that that Mm. idea of having that much grace in that moment to just be like, but I hope that you understand that you did hurt somebody, but that it's okay. And I, I do, that is the impact that you have on me is you make Mm. me want to go. Yeah. I do want to tell 
jack <laughs> that <laughs> you know if uh if that's what's in your heart if you want to um come to terms with the fact that that was my experience mm-hmm. you know that's all i want to say i don't want to say this is true that is true blah yeah. blah blah appreciate that that was my experience mm-hmm. and um you know, apologize because mm-hmm. I, I do think that my experience was worthy of an apology, which I, I wouldn't say to many people, frankly, you're, you're in a special category. Um, I don't do, I, I really don't do this a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that like, you know, I'm open to having that conversation and, um, I, I shall not harden my heart yeah, any more yeah. than I need to. And then, um, the last thing is, you just made me think about the fact that tax collectors get a really bad rap in the Bible. Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> okay, They're lumped in with sinners and Pharisees. They're just doing their job, man. Like they are they are eating government cheese. You understand? Well, no, they're not eating government cheese, but they're working for the government. And like I'm not saying that just bureaucracy imagine, is good, right? Just imagine working at H&R Block. Oh, my goodness. it's a sin to work there, exactly. essentially. Yeah, and, you, and you're just lumped in with sinners and Pharisees <laughs> getting off work in your, in, your, in your clip-on tie, into your Toyota Camry, like, just knowing that you're going to burn forever. That's not cool, man. Tax collectors, you're just doing your job. I appreciate I appreciate taxes, you know. We need we need infrastructure, we need roads, you know, and we can debate about where those taxes are going or whatever. It taxes make sense. There's a reason why they've been around yeah. and and again, we can you know they're doing nothing wrong. Tax collectors <laughs> they're just they're just trying to make a buck too, you know. Somebody's got to do it and uh I just want to give a huge shout out to tax collectors tax right now. Collectors. I hadn't thought about tax collectors in forever and then you said that. And cuz originally I was going to ask, okay, which one do you think I am? Do you think I'm a sinner? <laughs> am I a it's sinner, like, a Pharisee or a tax collector? It's like the whole like Mary kiss F1 or <laughs> like that thing like yeah. all right, which one which which one am I associated yeah, with? Yeah, these three people Tax which one's the sinner? Which one's the Pharisee? Which one's the tax collector? Bro, All right, I'm me dead. Chase Draven right now. <laughs> right now. With right the now. F. Mary Kill thing or the no. uh, sinner? Sinner and then the oh, F. Mary Kill. Oh, man. Um, sinner. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll do it. Sinner, um, Pharisee, tax collector. I'm going to put Draven for the tax collector because he's just here man. to show up and play drums man, and he never okay. got his $100 that he was supposed to get. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 I put a post on Facebook asking for a drummer for the show and offered them a hundred dollars. And then our, our somewhat friend Draven responded. And that's when he, somewhat, be- somewhat fr- we kind of knew him at the time. Uh, and he responded and he was like, Oh my goodness, I'd love to play drums with you guys. Um, and we were tight. And so I just didn't say anything about the hundred dollars. Cause I kind of thought it was off the table, which was like, he never asked for it and still has it. It's a joke now, but that's why he says it. And and moving on to our next one, I'm going to throw you in the category of Pharisee because I'm going to say that you have to repent because you're on this show saying, oh, man. hey, this Jack guy, mm. he's doing a lot of things. I think he's an awful person. How could yeah. he ever do this? But how much different are you from never owning up to your man. to your promise? Man, okay. Hit me hard <laughs> over the head with that truth, <laughs> Allegronica. Go ahead. See ya. <laughs> You're going to have to repent, Josh. You're going to have to repent. You're just lucky I'm not a sinner. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Back into into the church uh, talk, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, like how did you feel as you started having more questions and people are kind of looking at you like, dude, like what the heck, man? And what did that transition look like of you kind of like stop going to church? Was it like a slow 
burn or was it kind of like a you were just kind of done one Sunday type thing? No, yeah, it, it was absolutely a slow burn. I also, sometimes I forget that I played bass in another church after Oak Point, after uh, after high school for like oh. a year. Just you playing know, the light- C note. Yeah, just playing the scene out. <laughs> Didn't ever go anywhere else. Yeah, once a weekend. <laughs> um, no, Life Church. Oh, in Canton. They yeah. opened up a second Life Church, right? Oh, all right. I was a part of that. So their worship leader, it was a great guy, Alex Rahill. He was really cool. Nice. Um, he was he was a bit of mentor uh, for me for a little while. Really, really nice guy. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I played uh, I bass with that and did that for a little bit, and that was all happening like. That's the, that's the like top layer of the life that I was used to, mm-hmm. and then underneath that, this is around seventeen eighteen, so summer of seventeen, I leave Oak Point, end up losing the majority of the friends that I had mm-hmm. because they were all they were all Oak Point cats, and um, yeah. you know it was. Again, going back to that kind of idea of walls, it is a, mm. it is a you are either in or you are out culture that is cultivated from evangelical based um, practices. You mm. know, like I, I think that uh, that's just another huge issue with the sales based economy of religion mm. is the idea that you are either in or you're out, and if you're out, then you know, well, maybe we can get you to come back to church and then we can hang out with you. But subliminally, the idea is I can't be your friend anymore in the way we were because you Mm -hmm. think differently than than myself. You know, it's it's that idea of, okay, well, we're not... I I have to keep you at a distance, which to Mm -hmm. me is the most backwards thing, not to go too far on this tangent, but the Mm -hmm. idea that, like, we don't share the same beliefs. So I have to emotionally keep you at this distance where I can't let you into how I really feel. I'm just going to talk all the time about trying to change the way you really feel, Mm, you know? It's that I'm not going to take a risk here, but Mm. you are. And all of the ways that we kind of engineer people into making, into feeling these emotions and stuff, that's yet another conversation mm. about how those things are designed and like winter retreats and having the big night where everybody comes yeah. to Jesus and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. It's like, it, it kind of, it, it, it irks me the way that you can mm. genuinely manufacture some of that. Um, yeah. but dude, I like, depending uh, on how you see it, it's one of those things where like, I hate it so much. Mm. And I like, just know that you're not alone and like, you're not, you're not the first person Mm. that's ever happened to not, not validating it at all, but it's just to say like, dude, what the heck are we doing as the church? And like, cause I remember, um, the first time like I left a church, it was like on bad terms. That's exactly how I felt is Mm. like, and that's the thing that's crazy. It's like, I still love God. I still love Jesus, but like, it's like no one's going to reach out to me at all anymore. And it's very heartbreaking. And like, there's so many excuses of like, Oh, well, you know, like it's just people get busy or, you know, you only see people like, you know, when they're at church and like, I get all that because there's people that I don't see as often as I'd like to, because we just have separate lives and, you know, we're 28 and we're doing life or whatever it is. But like in my experience, the, one phone call that you get from somebody after leaving a church 
whether if it's you as a Christian making that phone call is like the most important phone call I would argue that you possibly can ever make Mm. because it makes such a huge impact in that Mm. person's life to say, Hey, I noticed like you're not going there anymore. And I just like, I wanted to just call you and like be there for you and like, just hear you where you're at. Like there's, and I'm sure there's probably Christians out there that's like, Oh, well who has that time or who has, who wants to do that or blah, blah, blah. It's not going to change anything, whatever it is. But it's like, dude, whatever you think, like, no, like those are the times that the spirit is going to move the most. And like that, like nobody will feel more loved in that moment than feeling validated and being like, oh, wow, like this person truly cares about me or I'm more than just like a number, another number or whatever it is. And like the mega church really does, they have like that business mentality where it's not a ministry, it's a business. Mm. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, sweet, you're coming. Like, awesome, you're in. And just like, oh my gosh, dude, I hate it. Just like how you said, like it broke my heart when you said that, like, well... If you want to come back, we could, yeah, then we could hang out with you then. But if you're not, it's like, no thanks. Yeah. The, the whole idea of um, the danger of the phrase, we are in this world, not of it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what that sentiment is trying to relay. But yeah. in general, like I, I remember specifically times that we were told like, okay, you know, your, your inner circle has to be Christians. Your closest people mm-hmm. in your life have to be Christians. And anybody else, you've got to keep them at an arm's distance because it could tamper with your faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is such a backwards way to see people, the mm-hmm. idea that I, 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 I want to appreciate the sentiment behind keeping a tight group of people that share your beliefs and mm-hmm. then you know, respectfully understand that people that don't could like taint you. But I, I just don't think that's how people work, man. And I think that that that's still part of the, even saying that I realize how much that thought process is so deeply embedded Mm. into my, my pathways of thought. And I don't think I, I think like that anymore, but I think that, I just I found myself so quick to almost want to defend that idea because that's so heavily imprinted upon us and I don't think that's how we are supposed to see people. I think that if you can't have if your best friend can't share a different form of faith than you, mm-hmm. then what is that saying about the connection that you have? This is this connection is reliant on something. You need to have this. It's transactional, you know? Yeah. It, it all comes down to this transactionality of it when, in reality, Jesus asks, well, depending on how you want to see it, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus asks you to be you. And and there's all these ways that you can be a, a positive influence and you can be a negative influence. And that's what I'm interested with when it comes to Jesus, that idea of he, he said to love other people and not be a dick. You know, I, I, that was the majority of his message and other things about heaven and hell. I think that they can be translated different ways and that's a whole other conversation. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that, that light, are you sharing that light with somebody? Or are you sharing your thoughts on what the color blue is with somebody? Mm, not yeah. a perfect analogy, but I hope you know where I'm going with that. The idea of like, there are facts, quote unquote, subjective facts that we can agree on. Yeah. And those can build a basis around stuff. But 
at the end of the day, what are you doing for my life? What am I doing for your life? Mm. And does that need to rely on how we see religion or faith or understand what is greater? Or are there different ways to appreciate the same thing? Yeah. And and that is what I have found myself getting to a place of. I, I just, I think that there are a lot of different ways to appreciate the same thing. I think that we appreciate very similar to the same things as far as how we want to treat people, what we think is the best way to spread love and joy. Mm-hmm. I think that yours has a name to it and I don't think mine necessarily does. And mm-hmm. there's you know, plenty of differences from there. And I've gone a little bit wiggity woogity on this tangent. Yeah. But, no, um, no, it's awesome. Yeah. But I, I think that that matters so much more to me than, oh, you're also a Buffalo Bills fan? You know, I think that's mm. the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, like, okay, so you're also a fan of this sports team? That that tribalism, you know? Yeah. We remove tribalism. There should be no tribalism when it comes to... Um, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to connection, you know, um, obviously we're we're built to make those kinds of connections. But yeah. when we're able to see outside of that, you get too far into your tribe, it's a feedback loop. And anything that comes outside, that it comes in there from the outside that you don't understand is going to frighten you. It's going to make you want to push back, you know. That's, that's why whitewashed suburban kids are going to you know like they're like i remember when i started living in detroit how how freaked out my mom was you know and that kind of thing not not putting my mom on blast joyce Mm -hmm. young is a saint god bless her (laughs) but she's a product of her environment and her parents were the same way and it's it's that kind of mentality of i am scared of what i don't know and so i'm going to crawl back into my castle into my home of what i do know Mm. and Anything outside that, it's, in worst case, it's less than that. Mm-hmm. And best case, it's different than I don't want a part of it. But Yeah. Um, Going back to what you were saying about the whole, like, oh, I can't have anybody that's not a Christian, like, be my friend anymore. Um, like, I get where people see, like, you know, Paul says in the Bible about, like, how light does not mix with darkness. Um you know, good does not mix with evil, that type of thing. So, and that verse is pretty much saying like, don't get too involved with like unbelievers or whatever it is. And even though I think that there's a lot of truth to it, I think the approach has just went horribly wrong where it's just like cutting you off right away type thing. Mm. And it's like, I do believe that there is a significance to having to being intentional about your main group of people in your life. Cause that's, technically who's like feeding you like you know protect your heart at all costs for it's a spring of life like i mean like what people do around you is going to affect you overall and um like i've had friends before where i kind of stopped trying to be as close with them not because they weren't christians but because like we just had like just different motives in life like i'm trying to make it into music and be a producer and have like goals and motivation. And they were just kind of like, get to still stay at home and play video games. And it's just like, well, I guess like, you know, this is, this is where we kind of like won't see each other that often anymore just because like our lives are different, you know? But I think there are a lot of people that take that as like, 
and you know kind of what you said of like oh yeah we just can never be friends anymore because you believe something completely different that i believe and the biggest thing to that and the hill that i'm gonna die on is like how many people are in your life that like disagree with you on things Mm. because like it's so easy to love somebody that has everything in common with you that has all the same beliefs that has like everything like those are easy people to love if i met you for the first time and you said hey i love switchfoot and reliant k and i said hey no or if you said i love family force five and i was like hey no way me too yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be easy to love you but if i say hey i'm super you know for example like hey i'm super liberal and you're like oh i'm super conservative and like being like oh i don't you know want anything to do with you but like if i said like oh that's awesome like uh, we have completely different beliefs. I still want to love you. I would argue that that love is even greater than the one before because you're not fully agreeing with somebody on that. It's like you get yeah. what I'm saying. I, I'm no, not... no, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 that is where I feel like we are. I think I think we're saying really similar things as well. Um, that I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to put it concisely, but like I I I appreciate going back just a little bit, what you said as far as like protecting your heart, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the conversation is then about how do you protect your heart and what, what does that really mean? And what is the, what's the line there? And Mm -hmm. I think that what we are both saying is the idea of protecting your heart in, Oh, either you are religious and so you're in or you're not. So you're out. That mm-hmm. is the problematic kind of idea. And I don't oh, think yeah, that absolutely. the I, I and I don't think that it has to be you, you don't have to have religion as a part of that. You can protect your heart around people that don't share the same kind of religion that you do. And mm-hmm. if you want to protect your religion, then you can't. Mm-hmm. But what is more important to you getting a little wiggity wiggity, but I think kind of your heart or your religion. Mm. And can your religion can your religion withstand the overwhelming power of following yes. your heart in a positive sense mm-hmm. you know like are you able to see the world through your faith in a way that actually does resonate and coincide with what you feel is the best way to treat people mm. and i think that's a, a decent way to explain how I feel like I've gotten to the place where I'm at now, where I found mm-hmm. all these ways where religion told me one thing and my my heart told me something else. And I, I, I get why that would sound sketchy or suspect to somebody who is, if there is somebody that's like questioning their faith and, and they go to that, well, we can't just trust ourselves. N- no, but... There was something in me that always said that homosexuality was okay, for example, you know, and denying that part of religion, accepting that part of what I felt was morally right, mm-hmm. has allowed nothing but more love and positivity within myself as well, but within the world and with the people that, I, that I'm around, you know, mm-hmm. these walls that we create just... Um, well, they, they keep people out and I, yeah, that's kind of where I combat and, and where I find religion can be unsavory in my opinion is, is in places where you have to dig in your heels for the sake of religion mm-hmm. when you could be loving somebody. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? That, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I feel like Christians gets have the wrong priorities at times where it's like we feel like we have to defend the faith and we have to focus on that more than what mm. the whole point is, which is to love others like Christ. Like, I think we do that so much. And it's like, the gospel's going to defend itself. Like, you don't have to defend it. Like, you don't have to defend your view. Again, just explain why you believe it. And like, most of the time, if you talk to somebody, like, they're just a person. Like, it's it's going to be so much, like, they're going to understand you so much more. Like, if we sat down on two things that we completely disagree on, and I said, oh, well, the reason I believe this is because this was my experience with it. Same with your experience with your youth pastor. It's like, you're probably going to be like, oh, I could, I could understand that, like that mm. you had a bad experience yeah. and this is what caused you to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. So this concludes the end of the podcast for today. So I actually split this podcast up into two parts because I usually just do an hour-long podcast, but everything Josh was saying was so dang good that I decided to split it up into two parts. So you just listened to part one, and part two will be out in the next few weeks. I'm excited for you to listen to the rest of it. And again, thank you so much for watching The Road to Reconstruction. Have a great day.